Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. How do I record an episode? How do I get my show into all the apps people like to listen? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. I really believe I have something special to share with the world, and Anchor is helping me do that, and I love how easy to use their podcasting tools are. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast, make money doing it, go to Anchor FM Start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's Anchor FM Start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Good morning, Marlena G here, back with your podcast, Positivity Show. Today, we will be touching on the subject of autism and disability diagnosis, what to do when your child has an autism or disability diagnosis. We will also jump into the book of Genesis again. We are studying on the beginning, the beginning when God made everything. Also, I will be sharing more poetry from my own personal book, Never Forsaken. So, yeah, that's coming up. Also, we will get into our prayer manual and we will be praying and understanding how to hear God's voice in prayer, learning to know his voice right from our prayer manual. I will also like to introduce a little book called Shout for Joy by an organization called Johnny and Friends, um, engaging the whole church in accessible worship, which is um, making church accessible for the disabled. So all of that is coming up on my podcast, Positivity Show. Please stay tuned. Thank you for joining me. morning Marlena G back with your podcast positivity show it is 9 44 in the morning on Saturday June 22nd I'm so happy for you to be here with me and I want to jump right into the prayer manual and pray with you and then we're going to talk about hearing God's voice in prayer Heavenly Father we come to you now in the name of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus Holy Spirit, we pray that you will quicken us to hear your voice and to hear our Heavenly Father's voice and lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, we bow and worship before you. We come to you with praise and thanksgiving. We come to you in humility and fear and in trembling and seeking truth. We come to you in gratitude and love and through the precious blood of your Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We know that if two or more gather together in your name, you shall be in the midst. So we come to you on one accord in the name of Christ Jesus of Nazareth, according to Matthew 18, 19. 
Learning to know his voice. I got a little commentary for you here. I'm learning to know his voice. Many Christian believers do not believe that they can that they can or do hear God's voice. Many years ago, I was reading John 10 and Jesus said in verse 14 that he is the good shepherd and that he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. In John 10 and 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I'm one of the Lord Jesus' sheep, and I know that he is not a respecter of person, so I decided I wanted to hear his voice like some of his other sheep do. I wanted to hear his voice so he could guide me according to Isaiah 58 and 11, and instruct me and teach me in the way that I should go according to Psalms 32 and 8. I believe that if you want to hear God's voice and if you pray the following prayer, he will honor your prayer and teach you to hear his voice. I remember the first time I heard his voice, and it changed my life. Hearing God's voice in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you now in the name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, it is written in your word, according to John chapter 10, that your sheep know your voice. Heavenly Father, we are one of your sheep. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to teach us to hear your voice distinctly and clearly according to John chapter 10. We ask you, increase your anointing on us to clearly hear and know your voice and not that of a stranger. We ask you to do this in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Give us the ability, Heavenly Father, to hear your voice. We ask this according to John 16, 23, in the name of of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen. Great, 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 great. We have to pray about um, learning to know God's voice so that the enemy can't trick us or tell us lies. You know, Satan is an imitator. He likes to imitate and pretend. We want to make sure that we're hearing from God. Okay, today... We are going to be jumping into the subject of autism. Um, a lot of people know that I wrote a book called Never Forsaken, and it was touching on my son being going born disabled. And so today I wanted to kind of touch on autism spectrum. Um, it's a book called Staging a Miracle, A Practical Parent's Guide to Surviving an Autism Diagnosis by Jason D. Eaton, MBA. In this book... Um, In the beginning of this book, it it talks about um, how to avoid wasting time and money. A lot of parents think that if they spend a lot of money on tests and special um, treatments and things like that, that um, it'll change the, the diagnosis. Really, the only thing that'll change the diagnosis is faith in God, that you will be able to push through and that he will bless your child to grow out of this uh, diagnosis and, um, We're going to jump into chapter one. How to avoid wasting time and money. You cannot change what you do not acknowledge. And what you do not acknowledge is going to get worse until you do. That's Dr. Phil McGraw, Life Strategies. One of the hardest things for many parents of a child with an autism spectrum disorder is to accept what has happened. And during this process, precious time is lost particularly in the early developmental years when significant progress could be made. 
Behavioral psychologists call this phenomenon perceptual defense. The inability to perceive things that are too much to bear or that threaten your sense of identity. For victims of terrible tragedies, this can be a blessing. For families with a special needs child, it can terribly be damaging. The sooner you accept the fact that your child has or might have an ASD, and the earlier you intervene, the better your chances of success will be. You can imagine learning that your child had leukemia or a congenital or a congenital heart defect and choosing to ignore it. Unfortunately, because most ASDs aren't detected through biological testing today, many families or certain members of those families do just that when an ASD becomes evident. Failing to admit what is happening has the potential to destroy or severely injure everyone you love. I have seen it happen, and I have heard countless similar stories, and it is tragic. Unfortunately, the problem is often made worse because the people around us are too nice. Well-meaning doctors and other early childhood professionals, not wanting to cause unnecessary concern or panic, will utter phrases like, All children develop differently. It's nothing to be concerned about. Or, It's just a phase. He'll probably grow out of it. Friends will regal you with stories about little Jimmy who didn't talk until he was five years old and is now a neurosurgeon. Or little Susie who fixated on dolls as a child and is now a world-renowned fashion designer. They all intend to make you feel better. Unfortunately, their words and actions can cause you to question your judgments and thus delay getting treatment. The five biggest time traps in the autism world. The this can, can't can be happening trap, basically. If you are early in your journey or have never really accepted the truth about your child, this is the most important thing you will read in this book. You cannot defeat an enemy you do not acknowledge exists. An ASD has claimed your child or a part of him or her, and you want to have a shot at getting them back in your life. You have to take this first critical step. If this is you, please, for your child's sake, repeat after me. I have a child with an autism spectrum disorder. Admitting is hard, but now it's time to move forward and do something about it. Unfortunately, even after coming to grips with this harsh reality, there are still many common time, money, and energy traps that keep us from moving forward in the best possible way. I know definitely that when I first learned that my son was going to be disabled, I definitely did not have the this can't be happening trap um, going on because I'm just, I'm a spiritual person and I believe everything happens for a reason. And God will allow something because there's a greater purpose behind it. And I believe these children that are born with these disabilities are here for a reason. They're here to shed a certain type of light on the world. And um, they're here to encourage and let the world know that these types of challenges, these types of mountains can be moved. They can be defeated. Nothing's too hard for God. And they're just testimonies that God definitely can do the impossible. My son is developing. We're teaching him sign language. Uh, We're teaching him uh, different ways to communicate. We use a lot of uh, technology, uh, apps, 
uh, on his tablet, things like that, to help him to um, hear words, sound words out, things like that. It's so much you can do to fight back when you get a diagnosis like this. You don't sit around. You don't, oh, what happened? Is it my fault? We don't care what happened. Yes, I said it. We don't care what happened. What we care about is what we're going to do about it. And so me and my husband are diligent doing something about it. And we know that with God on our side, our son is going to develop, he's going to prevail, and things will definitely turn out and work out for his good. So I definitely want to encourage people, just because you have a diagnosis, don't don't, don't think it's over. It's not over. Oh, my child is not going to be successful. My child is not going to grow up and you know, know what to do in life. He's going to be taken advantage of. No. As long as you keep your faith in God, you keep God over that child, pray over that child, anoint that child's head in oil. There's so much you can do to fight back. And this book is really touching on, you know, parents who have been afraid to accept the truth. Don't hide it. Jump right in there and kick some butt. Because that's what me and my husband is doing. We're jumping right in there and we're kicking butt. So we're going to go to the book in, in down in the book where it says the what exactly trap. Okay. Oh, wait. I think we're at the this can't be happening trap trap. Okay, let's start there. If you are early in your journey or have never really accepted the truth about your child, this is the most important thing you will read in this book. Oh, wait, did we read this already? I think we read this already. Give me just a second. Oh, yeah, we read this. We read this part. Okay, so let me roll it on down in the book where it says the what exactly trap. Okay. ASDs cover a wide range of symptoms, behaviors, and social emotional challenges. Far too many people get hung up on what the exact diagnosis for their child is going to be and spend a lot of time and money and effort to hear what they want to hear. For example, I know of families who feel much better about their child's situation when the doctor gives them a certain diagnosis or a diagnosis of PDD, NOS, Persuasive Developmental Disorder, not otherwise specified, rather than Autism Spectrum Disorder and will spend weeks and months, if necessary, getting the right diagnosis. My child doesn't have autism. It's just PDD-NOS, they'll say, and for some reason feel better about the situation. If the words on the piece of paper the doctor handed out would make a difference, then I too would spend the time to fight for my son's diagnosis to be changed to PDD-NOS. Unfortunately, that diagnosis would not change my child's behaviors, nor would it affect the types of treatment my child needs. What it would do is muddy the waters for the school systems and government agencies that provide assistance for Timothy's recovery. PDD-NOS, in some cases, is an accurate diagnosis, diagnosis of an autism-like disorder that lacks some of the qualities of true autism, but in other cases is a cop-out, an unwillingness to admit the truth. At the end of the day, the official diagnosis doesn't matter. What your child is afflicted with may be called any number of things, but what it is called should not 
but what it is called, I'm sorry, should not affect how you approach treatment. Thus, watch yourself carefully to make sure you don't obsess over what exactly your child has once you have started down the ASD path. It doesn't do any good and may well distract you from more important matters. The why trap. Ooh, let's talk about the why trap. Perhaps far more damaging than the what exactly trap is. Why trap. This is the phase that every family goes through. Now, I'll admit, for just a slight moment, I was going, why, why? But then I kicked that quickly. Quick, quick, quickly. Okay. Why trap. This is the phase that every family goes through trying to figure out why their child is afflicted with an ASD. And unfortunately, many people get stuck here. There are lots of theories as to the causes of ASDs, but the overwhelming scientific evidence and the latest research indicates that at least 80% of cases are essential autism, which have a distinct genetic cause. The other 20% of cases are complex autism. These cases are almost always accompanied by significant physical abnormalities and significantly lower IQ scores and may have an environmental cause. If your child does not have significant challenges other than autism, odds are they fall into the essential category. Regardless of whether you accept the science or not, the bigger question is this. Who cares if years from now scientists discover that vitamin D deficiency is a contributing factor or that too much ketchup consumed during pregnancy was the primary cause for ASDs, what good is that going to be to your child? You can't go back and fix the cause. It's okay to ask and wonder why. But too many families get so hung up on figuring this out or finding someone to blame that they don't have the energy or resources they need to address the needs of their child in the present. Stop obsessing over why this happened and focus on what's important, how to move forward and give your child the best chance in life they can possibly get. Move on. It's the best thing that you can do for your child. And so we're going to stop right there today. Um with this uh topic but yeah that definitely touches on a lot of things that i'm aware of as far as the subject goes of a child with disability because like i said my son was uh, born with a disability and i went through a lot of trials with him him having heart surgery and all of that and you can't blame yourself you can't get into this funk and start believing that you know oh it's my fault or whatever no none of that even matters all of that is irrelevant that ain't gonna help anything we all have that little second where we're like oh no but then you, you snap out of it because you know that's not gonna help your child so you should definitely come to terms with the fact that your child has this diagnosis and definitely go ahead and start putting jesus on that you know pray over your child and um be confident that God is going to help you through this situation and that this is definitely has a higher purpose reason for happening and then just kick some butt just get a, get the necessary help and the necessary treatment but you don't have to spend a lot of money you don't have to spend a lot of money doing a lot of smoke and mirrors type um, 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 magic type things we don't want to do that you know keep it to the basics of reading and writing and uh, verbal, 
uh, you know, OT, um, occupational therapy, things like that. Things can be done. There's great organizations out there that help with children with disabilities like the St. Louis Arc. Um, definitely have uh, partnered up with them in a Fox 2 News uh, uh, episode to talk about these different organizations that help children with these disabilities. I've uh, spoken with Judy Redledge um, on Bot Radio Network where uh, she's actually... Um, a disabled uh, show host. She's blind, but she runs a fully functional radio show. Blessed and amazing because she has great faith in God. I mean, these children can be blessed. They can grow up to be successful adults. It's all in how you see it. But the first thing is accepting that they do have a disability and then, bam, fighting back. So that's gonna um, be all for this segment on Staging a Miracle, a Practical Parent's Guide to Surviving an Autism Diagnosis. When we come back from this small little break, we're going to jump right into a poem that I wrote from my book, Never Forsaken, called God Can Do That. Stay with me. Two heart diagnosis. That was me and my son. I'm Marlena Gardner and I wrote the book Never Forsaken. I talk about in my book how God led me through a time that I was so uncertain about my own health and about the health of my child. Yes, I gave birth to a child who had ventricular septal defects. But with God on our side and with our faith in Christ Jesus, he was able to undergo heart surgery at only 10 months of age and pull through. Pick up a copy of my book. It's a very encouraging, faith-filled message. On Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and wherever books are sold. I hope this book blesses you the way it blessed me to write it and get the story out. This is my testimony. May God bless you. Welcome back to the podcast. I would like to jump right into a prayer for comfort. I know there's a lot going on in the world today and a lot of things that we all have to deal with. So let's pray for comfort, for, for a comfort um, in God that we can be able to just relax, kind of relax our mind knowing that God is on the throne. Thank you, Jesus, that your spirit brings such comfort to my heart. When I am sad or frightened, Remind me that all I need to do is open myself to you and your love will wrap around me like a warm, comforting blanket. In Jesus' name, amen. I would like to touch on a scripture uh, that is really helpful for feeling that comfort with the Lord that we need to feel sometimes, especially uh, with all that we see on the TV and all that we see on the news uh, outlets and things like that. Sometimes those that information that we watch is not too encouraging in the different cities and states, all the, the tragic events. So here's a scripture for comfort. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear 
though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. Psalms 46, 1 through 3. And I want to read that one more time. That's really good. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof. God will always be our refuge, no matter what's going on around us. Great, 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 great scripture. Psalms 46, 1 through Okay, we're going to go ahead and jump right into this poem from my book, Never Forsaken. It's called God Can Do That. And uh, I wrote this poem because I really do believe what I say. If I say it, I believe it. God can do all of that. Whatever that is for you in your life, let him do that. Nobody can make your soul happy. Only God can do that. Nobody can fix you when you're broken. Only God can do that. Nobody knows how you truly feel inside. Only God can see that. Keep your heart pure. Keep your mind stayed on Jesus. Your whimpering days are almost over. Don't fall from the fight yet. You can do it, I'm willing to bet. Keep pushing till you push through. Keep singing till you sing out. Keep dancing till your feet hurt. Keep stomping that devil down into the dirt. God gonna make a way. You're coming out alive soon one day because only Jesus can deliver you right where you're at because God ordained him to do that. Amen, amen, amen. God will or God has ordained Jesus to do all of that. Whatever that is, you need him to do in your life. Yes, I said it here. I said it here first. No, I'm just kidding. It's been said before, but hey, I'm a piggyback off of that. <laughs> okay, so Genesis, we're going to jump into the book of Genesis. We were reading in Genesis, the first chapter of the creation uh, yesterday out of the Kenneth Copeland Study Bible, the Kenneth Copeland Word of Faith Bible, 50-year ministry edition. Got to get my little brag on. This is a really good Bible. He really do some unpacking inside of here. It's not just this scripture. It's also breakdowns helping you to understand the scripture. So I really love that about this Bible. Um, we stopped at verse 20. We, we actually read verse 24 of the first chapter up until about verse 27 when God created male and female. So what we're going to do is we're going to just turn the page on over to verse 28. And we'll begin reading in Genesis verse 28, because I really want to study about the creation, how it all became. I think this is a very important book of the Bible. So get into this Bible study with me. Uh, Verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now we're following from verse 27 when he, he told, when he made man and uh, male and female. So verse 28 again, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
29. Then God said, See, I have given you every plant yielding seed, which is one of which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food for you. To every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, which has the breath of life in it, I have given every green plant plant for food, and it was so. God saw everything that he ma- he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth and all... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Back that up. Verse 31. God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And that's the end of the first... Uh, that's the end of the first chapter in verse 31. Okay, we don't want to start at verse um, at chapter two just yet. Okay, so let's let's get into some of this unpacking. These unpacking notes Kenneth Copeland has uh, loaded up for us down here. Okay, so Genesis one twenty eight through thirty one, Adam is Adam received the authority from God. Okay, it's where we read how Adam received the authority from God. So let's unpack some of this. God creates with words. He created Adam in his own image with words of dominion. Genesis 1 and 26. In Adam, he reproduced himself. God gave Adam his own authority over everything on this planet and crowned him with his glory. Psalms 8, 4 through 5. He did not create Adam and then, and then appoint him as his manager. He created Adam to rule a living, speaking spirit like his creator. Okay, he created Adam to rule. Let me say that a little clearer. He created Adam to rule a living, speaking spirit like his creator. It is man's nature to rule just as it is God's nature to rule. God's delegated authority was conferred on man as God's under ruler. That was God's will from the beginning, and he never changes. He used the same process by which he created Adam to create Jesus, the second or last Adam. His words in 1 Corinthians 15 and 45, Jesus is the word, John 1 and 1. The word was made flesh, spoken into the earth by God's words through the mouths of his prophets until seed was born through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. Genesis 22 and 18. Through his words, Jesus operated in dominion in the earth over storms, walked on water, Matthew 14, 25 and 26, spoke to fig trees, Mark 11, 13 through 14, multiplied food, Matthew 14, 17 through 21, turned water into wine, hallelujah, you better come on, John 22, 6 through 11, and transcended time, John 6 and 21. Jesus was raised from the dead through words of authority from the Father. Then the first thing he did after annihilating Satan and all his demons in the regions of the of the damned was to delegate back to man his God-given authority that Adam had yielded to Satan in the Garden of Eden. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Matthew 28 and 18. Authority in the earth and in the heaven and in heaven is a step higher than Adam was given. 
But Jesus did exactly what his father had done in the Garden of Eden. He delegated authority. He authorized his disciples and all believers. And you can, you go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Matthew 28, 19. See also John 17 and 18. He told them to go in his name and these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink and dead any deadly thing, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Mark 16, 17 through 18. So as you see, man was given dominion over all the earth, all the earth. Although there was a fall to sin because Satan got in there and tried to work his trickery and uh, they, they bit from that apple anyways. The thing of it is, is man was given dominion. And so in Christ, we're still able to have that authority because once you accept Christ, then you, then you are, you're going to have, you're going to be blessed with the Holy Ghost. You're going to be able to hear from God. You're going to be able to rebuke demons and spirits, lay hands on the sick. That's what our prayer life is about. You can pray a thing away. We have dominion over this earth. We are the highest being, the highest being. We're over animals. We're over, we're over anything that's not a human. <laughs> so yeah, that definitely, Jesus came, when Jesus came, he, he was like a second Adam. Um, he, he just basically was the one who got it right. See, Adam was created first. And well, this is, this is what happened. Adam was put in the earth first and he was put in the earth first is what I'm trying to say. And then God saw, okay, well, he didn't get it right or whatever. You know, the serpent came in and did work this trickery. So Jesus had to come. Jesus, the almighty one had to come and correct man's wrong by suffering the death on the cross. So this is very, very good. I love Genesis because it gets to the nitty gritty. It tells the whole truth. And I love how Kenneth Copeland puts down here in his little unpacking notes, um, his, his, uh, the, the commentary for these scriptures, how he breaks all of that down, gives you the where you can go and look this up or whatever uh, in the different books like Matthew and John or whatever, because all of Jesus was the plan. Jesus was the plan from the jump, from the get go. God already knew that man wasn't going to act right. <laughs> he knew man wasn't going to act right. He gave man an opportunity, but God is all knowing. And I'm pretty sure he knew man wasn't going to act right. So he already had a plan in, in the works. He was like, son, you're going to have to go down there and get them all together and handle things. Because I see they can't do it for themselves. But man has dominion. That's why we're able to pray away a sickness. That's why we're able to lay hands on folks, pray for folks or whatever. And you got to operate in your divine right. We are powerful. We are strong. I'm telling you, woo, Genesis is something. But yeah, we're going to stop there. Tomorrow, I want to start in chapter two in the first verse, and we'll just go on down wherever, you know, and we'll just keep on reading from little tidbits from Genesis. I love Genesis. It's, it's definitely, um, well, really, if you want to be honest, you should start reading your Bible at Genesis because you ain't going to understand what's going on if you just open this book at the end. of If you open this book to the page of Revelation, let's say that, you're going to be scared out of your mind because Revelation gets down and in it. So you would like to be starting at Genesis and read on through this Bible all the way to Revelation. Get yourself like a, a, a year plan. 
say, okay, we're going to do a year. I'm going to do a year plan. I'll read all the way through the Bible in one year, get all the way to Revelation. That way you can understand what you're reading and know how things came about and kind of know who's who. Because if you just open this Bible to the middle, you're going to get real confused <laughs> real quick. You know, the Version Bible app is an awesome, awesome app to use um, when you want to get your Bible reading in. You might not be the type of person that you like to use a physical Bible, but you can definitely get it online. The Bible is available in so many ways. There's no excuse for anybody not to be reading the Bible. So anyways, um, this is Marlena G. I have come to you today with my podcast, the podcast positivity show that is, and I've tried to share as much as I can share. I've tried to fill you up. So hopefully you were able to eat. You were able to get full. Hopefully I didn't forget anything that I was supposed to share. You know, I'm new at this now. But I hope you guys are with me fellowshipping in the word of God. I will be back again. God bless you. And if you have any suggestions, let a sister know on my social medias. You can you can definitely find me on Facebook. Oh, and if you would like to be a listener supporter to help keep this podcast rolling, keep it going, keep it up and running. Please, please donate any type of donation you would like to donate at the end of this podcast. I don't ask for certain amounts or anything like that. Um, It's all about supporting the kingdom of God. Um, You can you can support for as little as 99 cent uh, a month. So it's up to you if you would like to become a listener supporter. I would appreciate it. And to God be the glory to God be the glory on this day. All right. Well. May God make his face shine between, make his face shine upon you is what I'm trying to say. And may you be blessed throughout the rest of your day. See you later. Do you long to be part of a church community where people of all disabilities gather to worship? Check out a little booklet I like. Shout for joy, engaging the whole church in accessible worship. Make your church a place where everyone can worship. With the Irresistible Church Series, the Irresistible Church Series responds to the most requested needs of churches serving individuals and families affected by disability, practical, inspirational, and essential. Each title provides a comprehensive training and awareness resource to accelerate Christian ministry in the disability community. Visit www.johnnyandfriends.org to learn more and to pick up copies of these little booklets. There's Shout for Joy, there's Start with a Hello, and so much more.